0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the m M&M Hockey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Alex Metzger. Along with me is my co-host, Chase McCallum. Uh, massive day, obviously, today. Huge uh, in the hockey world. Free agent frenzy is always the biggest day of the year. I, I think undisputed, to be honest. Uh, I think this blows uh, trade deadline into the water because trade deadline, there's usually a the, uh, bunch of the big moves they are done leading up to the deadline day. Whereas, obviously, this theoretically you can't uh do anything until uh noon uh today we know that's a bit you of a lie never
1: because never mess with that uh the
0: somehow the Ottawa Senators and Claude Giroux had a full massive contract done within a minute of uh the deadline uh opening but um so far time recording this it's about 4 30 so if anything 4 30 on Wednesday obviously if anything breaks in with that's not within the next hour, hour and a half or so as we're recording. We'll obviously just cover it on next week's episode. Um obviously this is probably going to be about the third episode in under a week or about seven days um for us, which is a lot of content, but we figured busiest time of the year, let's just keep pushing it out. So um we'll definitely have another episode coming out mid next week as well. Um, at the time of recording this 91 signings, 213 contract years, a total cap hit of a $193,643,333, and total contract dollars of $716,679,999. So almost just over 700 mil has been handed out today in contracts, which is kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely insane. And Cadro's like not even signed yet, some of the big ones.
0: Yeah, Palat's not signed yet either. So, uh, and Cadre, like I would say two of the three biggest free agents aren't signed in Goudreau and Cadre.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And this year feels relatively small outside of Goudreau and Cadre. It, it kind of felt top
0: heavy. And Klingberg's not signed, I guess, either. It kind of felt like top heavy, but then the middle of it definitely felt weak. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So the way we're going to do this is we're just going to go division by division. We'll start in the Atlantic. Uh, we're going to go team by team. Uh, some of the teams that haven't done as much, we're really not going to touch on too much. Uh, so, and then that includes the first team here and that's the Boston Bruins. Um, they just did not do much today. Um, they have Patrice Bergeron. It sounds like Krejci will be back in some form. So we'll probably be talking them next about them next week when he signs. And obviously Patrice Bergeron, they need to figure out that whole situation as well um so those are the two big things the one move they did make they traded for pavel zaka from the new jersey devils straight up for eric hollum um what did you interesting trade i I think you know more of a depth trade than anything else um
1: what did you what were your opinions on this chase if if any really and i guess boston's trying to get younger zaka is slightly worse than Halla, I would guess but you're getting younger and maybe cheaper too I don't really know This seem fairly inconsequential unless you really buy the fact that Zaka was better this year than in previous years
0: yeah I think they're probably going for the cheaper aspect of it um, Holla makes just go like just under two and a half mil I can't imagine Zaka he's an RFA I can't imagine whatever he signs for is going to be more than that
1: yeah, I wouldn't think so.
0: Like he had six points in seventy games this year. So, and, and maybe if it is, they're banking on the upside being a little higher. But
1: yeah, and the upside probably is a little higher based on age. Like we have a pretty good idea what Eric Hall is right but at this point. Mm-hmm. It's just aggressively fine. Which, to be fair, Zach is in that tier too. But
0: exactly. So yeah, not not a nothing real big going on with. Uh, uh, Boston there today, but they'll definitely be in the news, I'm sure, going forward. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are our next team up. They made a bunch of signings today. Um, they re-signed Vinny Hinestroza. That was actually technically last night. Uh, signed him one year, 1.7. Uh, they signed Malcolm Subban to a two-way deal, one year, 8.50. Victor Olafson gets a new deal. Uh, two years, 9.5 total, 4.75 uh, per year. And then Ilya Lubushkin, they signed... Two years, 5.5 million, 2.75 per. Uh, Eric Comrie, they also signed for two years, uh, 3.6, 1.8 per. And they just signed Kale Clagg to a 750K deal, two-way as well. Um, Obviously, the biggest one there is Olafson, And then you have the Comrie and Mabushkin deals. Um, I don't really have a a big take on this because Buffalo just kind of feels like a team that's going to be like kind of where Ottawa was last year, where They're probably going to be like 7th to 10th last in the league. Like, I don't see them being a complete lottery team necessarily, but they're definitely not good enough to compete for the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that seems like a pretty good tier. I don't love Olsen as a player, but I would think what's going to happen is he's going to score 20 goals because he is pretty good on power play again for the next year or two, and then they're just going to dump him for a pick at the end of this deal.
0: Yeah, because he this deal takes him basically right till he's at UFA anyway. So um I would uh, I would assume that is gonna be the case too. He'll be 28 when this deal expires. So um yeah, uh, another kind of quiet day. They made a couple signings, like again, I think it's gonna be the same idea with Labushkin where is he worth 2.75? Maybe, maybe not, but they're probably just gonna ride him out and then next deadline they'll probably flip him for a third or whatever, a fourth or whatever.
1: Yeah, which is fair enough. Somebody does have to play on their roster, and it's not like these are bad players, and you still have a ton of cap space in your Buffalo.
0: Yep, absolutely. And you know what? This team could be a lottery team this year. They're going to the goaltending duo of Eric Comrie and Craig Anderson. So,
1: Yeah, I forgot about the goaltending duo. The skaters probably shouldn't be deplorable, but I guess they were like a 45% XG team, and they're going to be icing that goalie combo they're going to be in the Bedard sweepstakes.
0: Yes, I I think so, now that I say. I mean, Connery's got – I don't hate the Connery bad. He looked good in 19 games last year, but it was also only 19 games, right? So
1: They might be doing the thing we always talk about, where the skaters aren't like a joke, especially with like power coming up. And, you know, maybe they're like a 47% XG team that just gets sewered by two awful starting goalies, which could be ideal for them with Bedard.
0: Exactly. And I'm going to be interested because they do have Uga Pekka Lukonen, awesome name uh, in the minors and he's already 23. So, and he's an RFA. They haven't re-signed him yet, but you would think they want, they will eventually want to give him some time this year, you know?
1: Yeah, I would think so. He's been the goalie of the future there forever. It felt like,
0: yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do there. Um, let's move on to the next team in the Atlantic. And they have been busy today. It is the Detroit Red Wings. I tweeted it. I will say it here. I don't ever want to hear again about how Joe Sackett, or Joe Sackett, Steve Eiserman is the best GM of all time or anything like that. Um, Holy shit. This This has been an insane deadline day for them. Uh, This is tough. So, obviously, they signed Huso. We talked about that uh, three years, 4.75. You know, we didn't hate the bet, but... You know it's it's gonna be interesting because it is a risky bet. Today they go inside Andrew Kopp, five years, five point six two five million dollars, oldie Matt of one year, two point two five, Ben Charat, four years, nineteen million dollars, four point seven five AAV, Dominic Kubelik, two years, five mil, two point five AAV, and David Prawn, two years, nine point five mil, four point seven five AAV um they are very clearly doing the thing where they don't feel like their prospects already and they're trying to insulate them they also traded for Vlad uh Nemestikov. um or sorry no uh no they did they they he's good no, never mind they're just ignore that Nemestikov went back to uh tampa um obviously eisman's old yeah, old team that's what was confusing me um they're doing the thing where they're, they're kind of just creating the roster around their young guys but like God, this is a lot of money to give out. And it's not like these are all
1: one-year deals either. Yeah, I think a lot of them, aside from the Schrott one, the Schrott deal is just awful, no matter how you slice it. A lot of them are, like, defensible on their own, but I really hate that they did it all at the same time, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, like, the Kubelik, like, I don't mind the Kubelik signing. 2.5 for a 26-year-old winger, like, that's
1: fine. Yeah, and he's not great, but you didn't pan like he's great. So that's okay.
0: Even like the same idea with Perron, he's 34, but like he has been good 4.75. If that's your one move of the deadlines, like we want to get another veteran in here,
1: sure. Yeah. And Perron's great on the power play, might be able to teach the, the young guys a thing or two, inflate their point totals. Passers on the power play tend to age relatively well and all that. And but then, combined uh, with the Sherrod deal, just combined with the cop deal. Like,
0: yeah, like Andrew Kopp's the one. I mean, Sherrod, there's just no saving. Like, that's just a, I don't know what teams see in Ben Chirac, but like, that's just a bad deal. There's just yep. no way to, uh, else to cut it, right? But the cop deal, it's like, this is one of those deals again where it's like, I don't th- I think cop is probably overpaid. He's a good player, but he definitely got himself paid with that uh, playoff run with New York. But it doesn't even make sense for this team. Like at least if like New York signed this deal, I would be like, you know, that's not great. But at the same time, you were just in the conference finals. So at least you can look at your team and be like, we think we can go for it again now. I don't know if I would agree with that. Or like if Washington signed this deal, it'd be like, yeah, it doesn't matter what this deal looks like in four years to you. Detroit in three to four years is probably when they should be trying to start legitimately competing
1: yeah this this deal will suck right in time yeah for the cocktail for them to compete and the weirdest thing is i think this everybody's like oh they flipped the switch they're trying to be good if they think this is the year that they're ready to compete i think they fundamentally misunderstand their place in the division
0: yeah and just even unless i'm missing like massive prospects i don't really see like the core of this team is old. Well, not old, but like the the average forward on their team right now is 25.8, and the average defenseman age is 26.9. Same with is 26.5. So the average age on this team is 26 years old. That's not a young
1: rebuilding team. No, and they've they have drafted pretty well, but it kind of feels like they're lacking sort of cider like a true superstar to carry him to the next level
0: yeah and like maybe that's someone they've drafted but
1: I don't, like i don't yeah. know like if i was running this team i would be looking to the 2023 draft to be the draft you get that player and then you take the step but steve Eisman clearly disagrees
0: yeah and and again even I-, I would be saying that and i mean they do like yeah okay so i was trying to figure out who they took last year's trappers Simon Ed- Edvinson, sixth Edvin- overall, and he's a defenseman. Um, yeah. But that's the thing; like, they don't really have any forward prospects. I don't think ready to just like make an absolute
1: difference right now. Bergeron could be good, and maybe sure. if Raymond's like an eighty-point player, we're laughing at this in a year's time. But
0: yeah, but like even like I don't know, maybe Raymond will be. I get like it's tough to judge when the guys are that young in the NHL what they're going to grow to the next year. And, like, Marco Marco Casper is, like, that's their pick from this past year,
1: if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But he's a Raymond's underlying numbers weren't that good. Like, I don't think it's a certainty that he's going to be this 80-point slam dunk player all of a sudden.
0: No, me either. So, yeah, I don't know. And then that'd be ignoring the division, too, which, to me, they are now easily, and we'll get into the teams later, but, I mean, Boston's going to be a bit of a wild card because of how many injuries they have. But assuming Boston gets healthy by mid-year, this team is easily the sixth-best team in the
1: league, in the division. Yep. Yeah, assuming Boston's healthy, they're worse than all of the core four from uh, last year. And then I don't know if this is enough to push them past. Hell,
0: I don't even know if this team's aggressively better than, like, a healthy Montreal team.
1: Well, that's the other thing. Montreal, they'll rebound. They... I don't think Montreal's going to be good. I don't think that's a hot take or anything, but they'll be better than they were last year.
0: Yeah. They're not going to be the 32nd team in the league again, unless they just get like literally no gold. Eh?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like Montreal will get better. The senators took large steps forward, which it kind of seems to me that's like, that's who you're competing with literally, That's uh, what making the, these moves. Yeah. And And, why are you making moves to compete with the senators in your own division?
0: And you're losing those moves too. Like we'll get to Ottawa in a second. Obviously, there's bias, but none of these moves are even close to as good as the top move Ottawa made this
1: today. Yeah, not to mention the strat is like an active, massive negative.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I I don't know. I, I don't get what obviously every GM has their misses and stuff like that, but I think it's at least we can finally close the book on this whole idea that uh, everything Steve Eiserman does, we have to just kind of listen to because that's clearly not true.
1: Yeah, he's clearly imperfect, which should have been most people's idea to begin with, but people took it a little too far with what he didn't handle. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, on to the Florida Panthers. They don't make too much of a move. It looks like it looked like at one point they might be in on other people, but they just didn't really have cap space. Um, they do sign Colin White to a one year 1.2 million dollar deal. This is kind of exactly what I was talking about when we talked about the white buyout that I think he's a yeah. good player. he'll be good on Florida's third or fourth line and this is a great opportunity for him to go remake some money um, and show other teams that you know he's still a good NHL player.
1: Yeah, perfect fit for him. Join a team that's revived like half the league's careers over the past couple seasons. What yeah, And why can't he be next? For some reason, they signed Mark
0: Stahl to a one-year deal at 750 k and then Eric Stahl to a PTO. They um, signed Eric Stahl? Yeah, to a, P, a, a tryout. Um, I
1: didn't and even know he was playing Stahl. I don't think he played last year. He played four games for the Iowa Wild, it looks like.
0: Yes, and that was to get rid of, uh, ready for the Olympics.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. That he, he play in the Olympics. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. him, I guess,
0: yeah, and I don't really understand why teams continue to pay Eric Stahl, especially when you're thinking yourself a cup contender. But hey,
1: yeah, it's pretty tough.
0: <laughs> but man, it it's just PTO. I mean, uh, Mark Stahl's an actual. oh, player, you mean, Mark. It, yeah, yeah, sorry, but it's yeah, uh, 750k. Bad. Like, I do the one thing I wanted to talk about quickly, just as a broad statement, I do think people freak way too much out about contracts that are under variable
1: yes there's almost no reason to get mad unless you strongly believe the coach is going to play them which to be fair this team did give up legitimate assets for charade so maybe they will but
0: yeah but i mean like just as outside people when we're looking at a contract we'll just start laughing and i'd be like no way they signed this it's like well because like we'll get to a vancouver one later today that i want to bring up as well but and like we've done this on the podcast too i mean one of our biggest jokes is that um, Lula Morello is good eight years to Ross Johnston.
1: Yeah, but the, the Simmons time, one was like that last year. He signs for 900K, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, they're idiots!" And then yeah, like half the games.
0: It's like, exactly. It's just like it's 900K, one million, so you can just bury that without any uh, worry about it, right? So, um, yeah, that was the one thing I wanted to bring up. The Montreal Canadiens—they uh, have not done much of anything today. They were going to be in on Kulak. Kulak obviously didn't go to them. Um, they were s- seemingly in on a couple of other players, but they did most of work at the draft. I don't even think we need to talk about them. They literally had not made. They signed uh, Slavkovski, their first overall pick, but that was the only
1: move they made today so far. Yeah, and that was always going to happen. So I'm going to move on from them.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, All right, on to the Ottawa Senators. Oh boy, there's a lot to talk about since we last recorded here, eh? Did we miss the Devrinkit? We got the it. We missed one, Sir
1: Matt Murray, on the move though. Oh yeah, 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 and Claudius,
0: yeah, um, and Tal- and Talbot as well. So let's start with the goalie moves first. Um, let's look at it from Ottawa side. This is one of the trade because Toronto's made a bunch of moves, or you know enough moves as well. Obviously with the second goaltender that we'll get into it from them in a couple minutes. From Ottawa's side of things, it's probably not a good sign for Toronto when all of Ottawa's Twitter was like, holy shit, this is an amazing deal. I can't believe this is all it took to get off of
1: memory. Yeah, uh, I don't hate the bet on somebody with some pedigree on an unpredictable position, but God, I would not like to be paying that bet over $4 million.
0: No. And that's the thing. And from, yeah. And for Ottawa, I couldn't believe that they got out from under this while not having to retain 50% and still only
1: paying a third and a seventh, I guess, but a third. Yeah. Yeah. This was great for Ottawa. We know the money matters a lot to them. Backloaded Uh contract. You do this every day.
0: Yeah. And they turn around and then they go and acquire Cam Talbot. From the Minnesota Wild, which is even more of a slap in the face because that was kind of a, a, what I think a lot of people on Leaf's Twitter probably wanted as like a top couple target for them. And they turn around and grab Cam Talbot straight up for Philip Gustafson. Uh Gustafson's an interesting guy. He he looked really good two years ago in that shortened season, looked really, really bad last year. He's 24 years old, kind of un unsure of what he is. I think long term and a, a good projection for him is like at best a one B maybe even just like a pure backup.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. He used to be kind of highly touted, right?
0: Yeah. He was the uh, pick that went uh, that Pittsburgh actually had, and then he got flipped in the Broussard trade. Oh
1: yeah. That makes sense.
0: And then, yeah, like he's looked good at times. He's looked really bad at times. So, um, but Ottawa is taking the cost certainty this year. They want to make the playoffs. That is very clear. Um, so they end up moving Murray for a third and a seventh. Don't give up any picks to get Talbot. Just you know Gustafson, and and now you go from a tandem of Forsberg Gustafson, which I had no faith in, to Forsberg Talbot, which obviously has its risks. Any ta- any tandem's gonna have its risks. There's about four goalies you can count on in the league that you know won't suck, right? But yep, I feel like pretty good about this, in just in terms of at least one of those two guys being fine.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize how good Forsberg was last year. And uh
0: lights out.
1: Outside <laughs> like, like of that. Yeah, yeah, I like this too. Like we've talked it's about not a crazy, but
0: no, I mean it's same not, price like, awesome,
1: the, but the same price is the least duo, and I'd probably rather have this one. Actually, yeah. I'd definitely rather
0: have this one. And like if this was their duo last year, I'd be scared because the roster looked a lot worse, but they've upgraded the roster significantly as well, too. Yeah. So it's not like time to find out what they have. Yeah, this team's not playing like these goalies are not going to be playing. Well, hopefully not playing in front of a forty-five expected goal
1: percent expected goal team. You
0: better hope they're closer to fifty with how much talent they're at.
1: But um, I would think so. Especially it, maybe won't add as much on the play-driving perspective. He'll be more of the finisher, but Giroux will be huge for that. I would hope.
0: And this is the big contract. I cannot believe this happened, dude. It we've been talking about for months. It was, it started almost as a joke, I think six months ago, but like, Hey, close your from here. You know, they got a young team, maybe who wanted to come. And then it just kind of kept picking up steam and picking up steam. And then with all the moves, I think that's really what seemed to sell Giroux that Ottawa is a good place to to go. And um yeah, they signed him to a great contract, three years, $6.5 million cap hit. That is a lower cap hit than I thought it was going to take and less term. I thought they might have to go up to five years to get him at a cap hit of 6.5. It's three instead, so it's, it's age 34, 35, 36 seasons. Obviously, there's still risk for anyone in their mid-30s, but if that's the length, I will take that bet every single day of the week. I
1: love this deal for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, this was an oddly realistic deal for a guy that the league loves in free agency looking at his last payday.
0: Yeah, like this is one where usually you get set up to pay like five by eight or something like that.
1: Something st- stupid, but this was very, like I said, realistic. You keep that term down. I don't think it's even close to a worry. He'll definitely clear that 6.5 this year. He should be worth it every year of this contract. Maybe you're a little bit overpaying him by the end, but you're probably pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, exactly. And,
0: and the nice thing is, too, he can slide on the wing. You know, he's probably going to play right wing with this team, and he doesn't have to be the number one right wing because Drake Batherson's already there, and you have to bring it if you need.
1: Yeah, 100%. And even if he is your number one right winger to insulate somebody, that's fine. Yeah, like
0: exactly. But then and, and by the end of this contract, like if he's playing, three right wing for you. It's like, that's fine. Like,
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a luxury, luxury piece. And they have the space that isn't going anywhere that fast. No, exactly. So um,
0: I absolutely love this move. I have loved every bit of the off season. It's been honestly insane. This is, I don't know the last time I was this positive about a Sens off season ever, ever.
1: The Sens look set up for their version of the uh, 16, 17 Leafs where it's just like every win is house money. And if they lose, you'd be like, ah, oh, they sucked last year anyways. Who really cares?
0: Yeah. And granted, they've kind of put themselves in more of a position where it won't be quite as good because that was supposed to kind of be last year, I think. And they really shit the bed with what they yeah. did in the summer. Um, but yeah, they are putting themselves in a, They went out, they talked their strong game for the second year in a row. Oh, we're going to have this, we're going to have that. And they actually followed up on it. So props off, you know, hats off, like... Props to them. It's been amazing. It sounds like they are going to trade Connor Brown, but it also sounds like they're in on a right-handed defenseman. I've heard John Marino's name and Mackenzie Leaguer floated out. If you can get them at a respectable price, both those names I'd be quite okay with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And like for the sense to be good, you kind of need Tim Stuzzle, especially to be a superstar it would be very, very helpful for that. You're giving them everything that you can, and that's all you can really do. Yep,
0: exactly. So, um, yeah, I'm absolutely in love with what Ottawa's offseason has been so far, um, and I hope it continues. All right, let's move on to a team that definitely hasn't made too much splash in terms of free agency necessarily, but uh, made a massive splash with their own players, and that'd be the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, They have had a busy day for only signing two free agents uh, by definition. Um, But, wow, have they spent a lot of money So we'll get to the free agents quick. It's Ian Cole, one year, $3 million. Vlad Domestikov, one year, uh, $2.5 million. Both kind of luxury spending, clearly, with their cap. Um, They also, I think they're over the cap right now, which
1: is funny. because the $7 million over. uh, It's like, oh, six and a half.
0: I would have to assume that means Kalorn's gone?
1: I would think
0: so. And then they probably still got to, like, they probably got to move someone else yet, too
1: for orange has gone and Although, then I don't the think Philip that counts- Myers buyout, I would think. Mm,
0: maybe. That or no, did oh, they
1: just sign Philip
0: Myers? Uh they didn't sign him, but they did say they were planning on keeping him. I don't think this counts uh Seabrook's LTIR money though.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So <laughs> that might give that might give them the space they need, anyways. But um yeah, it's uh those those two contracts are kind of whatever. Um I don't know if that's yeah. necessarily how I would have spent $5.5 million.
1: I wouldn't have. Cole will probably be fine though. So
0: they do kind of need some defensive depth. Moving McDonough now as well, and Cole can play the
1: right side or left side, so that helps at least. Assuming, assuming team effects matter. Cole, there's a very good chance Cole has a higher WAR than uh, McDonough by the end of yeah. next year,
0: which would I be could, funny, but I could absolutely see it. Um, let's get into their three massive contracts. Um, let's start with the best one first. I, I well. I think the best one for Stanley is Anthony Sorelli, uh, eight years, yeah. 6.25 per $50 million. I mean, this is just, this is one of the classic Tampa Bay steel value contracts.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody else in the league seems to be able to sign. Well, not nobody, but Tampa Bay just seems to be able to get these contracts all the time somehow. I have no idea how, but good for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is just kind of another one. Um, let's go. Hmm. There's one. Let's go to the opposite side of one. Let's go one where they finally completely overpaid someone, in my opinion. And that'll be Hell Mikhail yeah, did. eight years, $8.5 million cap at 68 mil total. This is name value contract alone, nothing to do on any performance if you've actually been paying attention to Mikhail Sergachev's impact over the past couple of years.
1: You know what's going to be funny is to the those not statistically. Uh, initiated this will be the contract that everybody's like, oh my god, what a great deal young yeah. number one defenseman 8.5 million dollars when in reality uh, no
0: you you know the narrative that's about to come out is oh they're paying this because they know he's going to step up and take more of a role. It's like hey that's probably not a good idea to be paying like if you're a teen you should be wanting to pay on past like sorry, you should be trying to take advantage of the guy on past performance anyways, but that's also just not something you should expect to happen.
1: Yeah, not at all. Especially you kind of know who he is at this point. Also everybody's somewhat convinced our statistical estimates don't properly account for quality of competition and quality of teammate and all that stuff. Circuit shift results are mediocre when playing behind some talented guys on the Tampa Bay freaking lightning.
0: Yeah. like He's been sheltered at times and playing behind Hedman for a number of years. And if he's not playing behind him, he's playing with unreal players up front. And he still
1: doesn't put up good enough, great numbers. Yeah. Like he's, he's an above average defenseman, but he is definitely not an eight by $8.5 million defenseman, or at least hasn't been so far.
0: No, and even if he becomes that, I don't think that's it. That doesn't make the
1: bet like smart. No, you're. You, this is a reputation thing. If he's a seventh round pick, there's not a chance in hell he earns this contract, right?
0: No, or like, and especially like, not one flip. Like he was flipped for Druid, right? If yep. he's a sixth rounder that was flipped for, or it was the it was the guy who comes back on a cap dump for like Tyler Johnson or something. Yeah, he's not getting this. Not a chance. So, um, and then the last deal, which is one where I kind of, I couldn't believe it when it was signed. And um, that's Eric Cernak, eight years as well, $5.2 million. I've come around on this deal. I'm not
1: going to lie. I like this deal. Uh, this this won't get as much airtime, but this will be better than the circuit contract on a per dollar spent. I think... What the Lightning did here was basically sign the new Dean deal.
0: Yep, that's. Uh, I think that's a good comparison. I thought Cernanaco was like 28, 29 for some reason. You could have told me he's 32 Young. and I would have believed you, not 26. <laughs> um, so obviously that makes it a little more palatable. And then he's just been really, really, really good
1: defensively for like three plus years now. Yeah, a defensive monster who's not even bad offensively. He's obviously not good. That's yeah. A, he doesn't
0: bring much to the table offensively,
1: but he's not like an absolute liability either. Yeah. You've, that's what you got Kucherov and, and the boys for, you just need Cernak to not be a black hole. And he has done that.
0: Yep. And uh, all these eight year deals follow the Tampa model of eight year deals where they sign them a year out. So none of them actually start this year. They're all next year. Um, so we'll see how they play around with their cap next off season as well. But yeah, um,
1: yeah, over I don't know. the I, cap and gave a whole bunch of players raises next yeah. offseason. It's like, there's got to be a reckoning at some point, right? You,
0: you would think, it kind of, you know, like the Saints just year after year in yeah. the NFL just kind of pushed it off. It kind of feels like what Tampa's doing, but they can't restructure contracts. They've just been pushing people out and being like, oh, we'll figure this out as we get it. How many more players can you pay $1 million to?
1: They already have $70 million committed next year. Yeah, like to so. roster guys. That's going to be one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys who are on the roster that aren't going to be there and they have $70 million committed. So you're going a million per on every slot from there on in.
0: I I almost wonder if they're just praying that um, the reports buck the trend and uh, the cap just jumps like crazy in a year or two. (laughs) I don't know, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Um, All right, let's move on to the last team in this division, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Obviously, we already talked about the trade from Ottawa's side. From Toronto's side, uh, I would say it's fair to say it was a lot more negative uh, reaction of the trade.
1: Yeah, it's questionable at best, I'd say. So From Toronto's perspective. We briefly talked about the rumors
0: of it last episode. And I had said, if you get Matt Murray at three-ish million dollars, I really don't hate that as a gamble.
1: That's Yeah, because we're both like, ah, this could be fine. Half retained, sure. Half retained, get, get half a retained. Third,
0: third team in there, you know, you could get them down to as low as like 1.8, and then they just took them at 4.7. Yeah,
1: that's... Like, I'd probably rather have Mrazic at his price than Murray at this one and a third. It's gotta be close. And like, I don't know how confident I am in that statement, but that's my snap reaction.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I honestly think Morazek is going to be like he's been a fine NHL goalie for seven years, had one year he was hurt and wasn't very good, and everyone's like, Oh yeah, this guy's just good.
1: Yep, yeah, <laughs> like, oh, he's good. Sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, like I just I don't know. I I and obviously, so they signed Samsonov as their other move in net. So they have a Samsonov Murray tandem. Samsonov's one year, 1.8. So the tandem does make 6.5 total, which isn't an outrageous number to be spending on your goaltending. But, oh, but like that's
1: the Samsonov
0: one. The Samsonov deal is really good. And, and again, like, but that's kind of what hurts about the Murray deal, I think, if you're a Leafs fan, is if you could have got Murray at even like, even at three, let's say, or 3.25, I think would have been 50%. Yep. Murray at 3.25 and Samsonov at 1.8. Suddenly you get the two of them for just under $5 million. You can go, or just over $5 million, I guess. You can go out and probably add another player or a better player for that extra
1: million and a half. Yeah. So suddenly you're shopping for Dylan Strom instead of Zach Ashton Reese or something like that. Yep,
0: yeah, exactly. So, um, and who knows they, they do. So they also signed, uh, Nicholas Have Kubel, who is the guy who dropped the Stanley Cup this year with the Colorado Avalanche. I don't mind that as a depth signing. I think he'll probably be their 12th, 13, 4 kind of guy. Like he'll probably come in when I can actually see Keith really liking him. He might be a he might be a more constant guy. I forgot Spets is not playing this year, too. And I can't see Simmons playing close to 82 games. So
1: well, I was gonna say it wouldn't shock me if he ends up booting Simmons out of the lineup essentially full time. Well, that's not a bad bet either. Um Yep. Like, he's he's a fine fourth-line player. Yep, I think he'd be good on the four-check and all that stuff. It's a million bucks. You could do a lot worse. He's basically just like an average-ish play driver, which for your fourth line, you should be pretty happy with.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's not a big guy either, but he does play a little bit more of a physical game too, so at least that'll satisfy you know that crowd of people too. Um, and then they also yeah, signed Adam stronger, Gaudette. Right? One year, 750 k This will be the definition of like a 13th forward, maybe even just wave him and hope he makes it through. Um, I'd say as a Sens fan, Gadet has a lot of skill, uh, but is one of the most inconsistent players I've ever seen. He will go for a week, and you'll be like, this dude is a top six forward. He just made five unreal plays in the span of a week, and then you'll go 18 games without noticing him.
1: Yeah, this one reminds me a bit of the uh, Galchenyuk.
0: Yeah, that's a pretty good one. Or I know uh, and I were talking about earlier. Tyler Ennis, but worse. Yeah, I could see that. Um, So those are the only two moves they've made in terms of or uh, three moves, I guess. And then obviously the the trade, Uh, they do have, I think, just about $2 million in cap space. So it is possible they pick up like a Dylan Strom on a one-year deal for cheap or something like that, or maybe another player. Uh, I would assume they'll probably definitely
1: add one more forward if I had to guess. Um, one more bottom six forward, I would think, is how it goes. Wouldn't yep. shock me if you see like Kerfoot out and then Sandine signed too.
0: Yep, that that makes sense. I, I forgot about the Sandine one as well. Um, and they do appear Engvall to sign as well. So maybe maybe they won't be adding anyone unless they can move Kerfoot um, because I'm assuming Engvall and Sandine will take at least two million. Like, can't imagine Sandine's asking for less than Liljegren. I wouldn't think so. And Kerfoot I, or Engle, I would assume, would be around one point five to two as well. So,
1: yeah, he was one point two five last time. I would think you could get him really cheap as long as he you walk him directly to UFA.
0: Yeah, or you extend the term even longer, where it's like you can get out of it, like but give
1: yeah. him like five years at one point five or something. Yeah, give him the Nick Paul light deal or something.
0: Yeah. But they do have 13 forwards on their roster right now. However, Kyle Clifford, Wayne Simmons, Joey Anderson, and Nick Robertson are four of those. Uh I would say it's pretty likely that three of those guys are probably not going to be full-time guys and Nick Robertson is still a question mark as well. So Yeah,
1: I would think so. Hopefully Robertson's ready to go and be like legitimately good, but that is far from certain. Yeah, exactly. All right.
0: Um Obviously, we spent a long time on that. That probably shouldn't surprise anyone. Uh, let's move to the Metro. We'll probably start speeding up on some of these quicker, but uh, let's get started with the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, they looked I'm like they were going to one. sign um, uh, Mason Marchman, and then he decides to switch to Dallas at last second. Uh, the Hurricanes have not signed anyone now today, um, but they did make a big trade for a defenseman. Brent Burns gets traded not something okay. i ever would have thought i would see
1: i'm pissed about this so pissed? last last year everybody's like including us we're like okay maybe it was smart for the carolina hurricanes to move on from dougie hamilton they were first replaced him with a guy who has to open all of his press conferences with 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 i'm not racist which Sounds sounds concerning to me. And then they go and acquire the bad part of the Dougie Hamilton contract, essentially, on purpose in Brent Burns. Yeah. yeah. Um, I can't and people say... People are I'm like, say... this is smart.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, he's 34% retained, but I don't really think Brent Burns at 5.28 is good value for... No, at this like... point,
1: just sign Dougie Hamilton.
0: <laughs> yeah, or like... Just keep looking for those bargain bin offensive defensemen.
1: Yeah. The, the Burns deal is literally just t- taking the downside of the Dougie Hamilton, Just the shot first offensive right-handed defenseman kind of thing who's questionable at best in his uh, in And his it's offense. clear
0: they have just unlimited faith in Slavin that they, he can just cover up anyone's mistakes. But it's like that doesn't feel like the best way to use a guy. Like if he if you're just asking him, the only thing we need you to do is cover up this other guy's mistakes. It's like,
1: I don't know. Although Yeah, and also Brent Burns is a 6'5, 230-pound man who's 37 years old. The age is what really concerns me the most, honestly. He's gonna be 38 by next year's playoffs. That is sketchy to me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um I just, this is just
0: so not like them.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Carolina it, has been good at avoiding these kind of ones.
0: Literally. And like, say everything you want about the Tony D'Angelo move, it, it's, like, on a human level, it's obviously very bad.
1: It was that's at like, least smart on
0: ice. Exactly. Like, taking an undervalued asset, even if it's undervalued for correct reasons, um, is exactly how you avoid paying the long-term deal, but you're just paying the long-term deal now anyways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like literally this, the 37 to 40 year old seasons of Brent Burns, like I said, is what you're going to get on the back half of the Hamilton contract, the part of it that sucks. And you were like, sign me up for that. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's cheaper. That's still not a good process. In my opinion.
0: No, I, I agree. And that's been the only thing they've done so far. So we'll see if they do anything more, but, I kind of kind of doubt it. Um, yeah, they've probably on. signed
1: some depth forwards or whatever, but
0: yeah, exactly. Let's move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets, who have one made one move today, and it has been the most outrageous thing I have seen in so long. This makes the Derek Forbert contract look fine. Oh my Maybe god, I didn't first, even know like, about
1: this until now. You didn't see this? No. I completely missed
0: this <laughs> holy oh,
1: shit. Eric
0: Goodbranson signs four years, four million dollars per season. Not total per season, a 16 million dollar value. Oh
1: my god.
0: Words can't describe how hilarious this is to me. So I the way I got to see this was a I saw some, I don't know, old reporter being like oh i can't wait to see the stats nerds up in arms about this one and or like the gabranson signing and i was like oh the (laughs) branson wants to sign with columbus i was like oh like i don't know it's not ideal but like yeah probably two years two million or whatever like he was fine on calgary's third pair last year maybe that's what they're seeing is just insulate the young guys and then freeman tweets out four years four million per And I went, no chance that's correct. And he had just had a mistake about 20 minutes earlier with the Sergachev deal where he tweeted out saying Sergachev was making 85 mil over eight years, which would be 10.25 or whatever. And then he deleted, obviously, because it was 8.5 per. So I literally thought that this must have been a typo. And he got four years at $1 million. And then Bob McKenzie also tweeted four by four. And I went, oh, no,
1: this is just what the contract is. Okay, they just drafted David Gierczek sixth overall. He is a... Yeah, well, so what are the odds that if they played Gierczek in the NHL full-time this season and Gabranson in the same role, Gierczek's better? Like 90%? Yeah, especially assume. Yeah, honestly, yes, probably. Like it's not even remotely close, I think. Because, like, I was
0: going to say, maybe like, Branson's fine as a third pair defenseman if you get him for cheap or whatever. But, like, I think Jerichek would be fine as well.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is an 18-year-old who's, like, 6'3 and played in a pro league and destroyed pro, for a defenseman. Played absolutely freaking awesome. Like, if you need a death right hand a defenseman, you just drafted one that might also be a superstar.
0: This is, this is just insane to me. I can't believe you got $4 million
1: per year. Yeah. And like the perks of having both BoQuest and check on the same blue line on the right side is you don't have to sign anyone in free agency if you don't want to. Yeah. And they, they did this on purpose. Like, this would you take this deal for a first round pick?
0: No. Um, <laughs>
1: Maybe. Depends Probably. who you are.
0: Depends who you are. Depends who you are. But like, yeah. if I'm a team even remotely trying to compete, no. If yeah. I'm like... <laughs> Chicago, and I know I'm about to start a four-year rebuild, sure.
1: And then, yeah, if you get the unprotected Blue Jackets pick, sure.
0: But even then, it's four mil per. like, that's that's a lot of money. That's almost 5% of the cap. <laughs> that's a treat. That is just the most insane deal I've seen in such, like, there's been bad ones, and like, every year there's a cut. Like, the Chirot one, everyone knows, is not good. This is worse than the Chirot deal. At least Chirot was good for a shortened season on a top
1: pair. Yeah, although the Sherrod deal's higher leverage because it's on a cap team that doesn't suck, but still.
0: Kind of, I mean, like,
1: Detroit's not good either. Oh, right, right, right. I, th- I was thinking Sherrod on Florida for some reason. Yeah, yeah no. like This summer. Yeah. This summer <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. yeah like, okay, this is worse. Than
0: yeah, and like, the Sherrod deal is horrible. Like, that would be one of the most easy hands down, like, worst contracts, there you go on most free agency days and good brands and blows us out of the water. This
1: is awful. Especially <laughs> like in the context just makes it worse when you think about your check and boat quest.
0: Yeah. Like if they would like yeah I, I just there's there's no defending this.
1: Every every sort of logic gets worse and then because even okay fine we'll play him on a third pair. You don't need to be paying a third pair defense for it's that much.
0: Four million dollars for four years. Yeah, and if like,
1: you're trying to pay up, play them up the lineup, it's like you're just gonna kill Warenski if you do that. Yep. Or Jake oh. Bean, someone like that. Like, how do one of these guys supposed to develop when Goodbranson's their defense partner? Yep. I, I say I it would be Gar Gavrikov or whatever. Probably. You could just destroy someone's development by saddling him to Goodbranson in the top four.
0: Yeah. Well, and even just like. Like Cole Sillinger, someone's gonna have to play with the Branson trying to feed him the puck. Yep. Or like Kent Johnson. Like that's the worst part about this, too, is I actually think this team could be okay this year. Yeah, Maybe not sh- like should be all right. They're probably not like a playoff team, but if they finish like eight points out of a playoff spot or whatever, because Kent Johnson and Cole Sillinger both look solid again. Like Scillinger looked good last year, but like Kent Johnson comes up and puts up like a 40 point season or
1: whatever, like that wouldn't be shocking. Yeah, I could see that. They seem pretty prime to come like twentieth or something like that. They shouldn't be an embarrassment. Yeah, but like, they shouldn't be like legit good.
0: But like now, you just—I
1: don't know. I, I don't
0: want to talk about this anymore. It's <laughs> just unbelievably bad. Like this is bad. This
1: is a bad contract, even for free agency. Bad. Yeah, that's that's the worst deal we've seen yet. You're definitely right. <laughs> that is horrible.
0: Uh, just Can't insane. believe I missed that. Um, all right, New Jersey Devils. Their big move. Isn't done yet. They kind of sound like one of the teams with Philly that are uh, in on Goudreau still, which has not been announced. So we don't really need to talk about them. They obviously made the Hall of Flip. Um, Fine for them. It didn't really seem like Zaka had a uh, long-term outlook with them. So. Yeah. it's Fair enough. Oh, um, and just breaking news. Actually, Philly is out of the Johnny Goudreau market. So I would assume that probably leaves <laughs> the devils and islanders um in on
1: him, but which will presumably be the devils.
0: You would think so. They have the cat space, and I think they're closer to his home anyways. So and they're yeah. not looking like they're gonna be garbage for the next whole bunch of years, but um speaking of that. Oh, it's down to <laughs> devils or islanders. Sorry, I was just looking through.
1: Yeah, that um,
0: right. And then they signed Brendan Smith. Um, I don't really know why you need to give him money, but it's 1.1. 1. 1. So again, under variable. His position yep. is lifted left knee, right knee, left wing on Gap Friendly.
1: That's fun. Yeah, he played the wing for. God, who did he play the wing for? Was it the, the Rangers? Rangers? Must yeah, the Rangers. I think it was the Rangers. That is not the guy, the defenseman I would have picked to be a winger, but.
0: No, or was it the Hurricanes? You do, you. It was the Hurricanes last year, right? Was it? I think he did well, it in he, New York too. I
1: could be. Oh, maybe. I say he ass.
0: played with the Hurricanes all of last year. He wasn't with the Rangers at all last year. So okay. but, yeah, um, then. all right. Uh and the Islanders again, they are the other team in on uh um Kudrow it kind of sounds like, but they haven't done anything else of note today. Um, because they don't have cap space really.
1: Yeah, and given their history of free agent
0: signings, that's probably a good thing. Yes, it uh, very and especially this team. Like I don't Goudreau, even Goudreau. I don't like what is adding Goudreau to this team really do? I, I should say they don't have cap space. They have eleven million in cap space. But assuming you're trying to sign Goudreau, that's where most of that goes. And you still have Romanov and Dobson to sign. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I don't. What is adding Goudreau? Uh, let, let's wait on that because if they do sign him, that that'll be a better discussion for them. And we're going super long about yeah. this, anyways. Uh, the New York Rangers. Um, they made. One really big move. Uh, They also signed Halak and Louis Deming. Um, So just giving themselves a couple. I'm assuming Halak will be the third string goalie probably. He's already 37 years old, Uh, but maybe it'll be Deming. But they're just giving themselves a couple options, it looks like, behind Sturpin, which, to be honest, they don't hate as a a strategy. I probably wouldn't give Halak $1.55 million. That seems a little aggressive, but kind of is what it is.
1: Yeah. I don't hate the platoon. Just get some competent people there because you know who your starter is. You know, one of the two of them. Halak or Domingue shouldn't suck. Seems all right.
0: Yep. Um, but obviously they're massive moves. So they they did also, sorry, they did trade Patrick Nemeth with a third and a second to the Arizona Coyotes, um, for Ty Emberson, which I'm going to assume is not a great player, 22 year old third round pick from 2018. Um, yeah, it so sounds
1: like the kind of prospect that always gets moved in a cap dump.
0: Yeah, so they moved Patrick Nemeth for a cap dump. Um, the 2024 third is conditional. Arizona has the option to acquire the Rangers 2024 third round pick or 2026 second round pick, which is wild that they're Jeez. already trading 2026 picks. Um, but anyways, their big move. Cop goes out. Vincent Trocek comes in at Seven years, 5.625, $39 million total. I've got to be honest. I didn't like the cop deal at all. I said if I was understanding it more if I was in New York, I think it would be better. I think they probably just should have signed that deal if it was an option
1: for them. Yeah, probably. This is a lot of term for a guy who's good, but not that good. This He's is a- peak... I don't care what happens in three years.
0: Yeah, like, this team just continues to... You know this team is going to miss the playoffs in, like, two years just because Shusterkin has a 9 a, a nine ten year or whatever instead of nine twenty eight, and everyone's yeah. going to be like, whoa, how did that happen? It's like, it happened because you've ruined your team every offseason.
1: Yeah, like, sorry, Adam Fox. By the time you're 27, there's no chance for winning it. <laughs> it's just so gross, like... Like, This is what they look like before paying Caco and Lafreniere and all that. And if you don't end up paying them because they don't end up good, that's a problem in and of itself,
0: yeah, exactly. And like, so Trochek and cop get the same AAV, they're both 28 years old. The difference is cop only took five years, Trochek took seven, which is basically the reason I would probably just rather the cop deal. Like There's a little know. more
1: certainty with cop, too. You know, he works for your team,
0: yep, exactly. And like maybe he's slightly less good than trochek, but I don't think it's like a massive difference.
1: Yeah, I'd rather have trochek the player, but not an extra two years term. Bad,
0: no, um, and like he did, trochek didn't even have like great underlying numbers last year either, so no, that's... they were all right, but. So, yeah, I don't – I don't know. I continue to be a Rangers hater, I
1: guess. I don't have to tell you. Yeah, and Trojack's always been – well, not always, but recently he's been better on the power play than even strength, which if you're the Rangers, that's, like, the one thing you don't need to put resources into other than goalie.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, um, hey, question for you. If you had a right handed defenseman or right side of Anthony D'Angelo and Rasmus (laughs) Listelainen, you probably need like a good right handed defenseman, right? Yeah. Like add some depth, right? Would Justin Braun be the guy to go add on that?
1: Yeah, that'd be the top of my list for sure. 35 year old Justin Braun.
0: He was the top of the Flyers list. That is the move they have made today. Um, obviously, they traded for D'Angelo last week, but the the only move they've made so far is uh, Braun, and that's the only move they're going to make because they announced that they're done, uh, which makes sense because they're forty eight thousand dollars over the cap. Um, they also bought out um, Oscar Lindbom, which obviously got a reaction online because Lindbom was the guy who battled back from cancer and played in the like during the pandemic for them, which. Definitely not the greatest look. I do kind of – I go back and forth. I understand it is a business. Limbaugh found another contract, I'm pretty sure, anyways. But it's not a great look, and it's even worse because this team's going to suck. So what's the matter? Like, Limbaugh
1: wasn't the issue with this team. But you got to invest those resources. As much as it sucks to lose Limbaugh when you get to bring in a high-character guy like Tony D'Angelo kind of evens out, right?
0: And. <laughs> I forgot about this. <laughs> you know, I just said Justin Mahm was the only move. They signed Nicholas uh, Delorier to four years at $1.75
1: million. Yuck. Just keep Lindblom at that point. Yeah, I'd rather have Lindblom than those two. Yes. Uh, Mainly just because so, that this Delorier mean, contract's so so gross.
0: You know, how, like, I don't think anyone would have predicted Montreal being last last year. This um, is probably isn't as aggressive, but, like, if this team is considered at all a dark horse to be a last place team, this probably might be my pick. It's like a, Yeah, they're a pretty good guy for that. Because, like, I don't think people are going to, like, they're going to look and be like, oh, they still have Keturian, and everything. It's like, yeah, but the rest of the, rock- the roster freaking sucks. So unless Carter um, Hart becomes the Carter Hart he's been touted to be for five years, I don't know what this team is doing
1: to win. And I lose Giroux, which is going to hurt. You know what's going to be the best part is they know D'Angelo needs to be sheltered, and they're going to use Rasmus Ristolainen to do it. Yeah. Uh,
0: Sounds like they're they're going to trade Provorov, which, like, I think you could win that deal. Like, I'm not super high on Provorov necessarily, but it doesn't seem like the league
1: is either, so. Yeah, it seems like a winnable deal still. it has got a lot of goals. But we'll
0: see. Um, On to Pittsburgh. Did you think Malkin was going to come back?
1: No, absolutely not. But Crosby did, so that's all that matters.
0: (laughs) That's very true. It sounded like it was done (laughs) and dusted that Malkin was going to the market. And then last night, right before free agency opens, he signs four by 6.1, which is, I thought, what's been rumored for a month that neither side wanted to do for whatever reason. Um, But he signs that. And this is after they signed Raquel to six years, $5 million. Um, We didn't talk about that one either, but I I know that the big pushback on the Raquel deal was like, they brought him in to play with Malcolm, and like, well, you're just going to let Malcolm walk. Well, Malcolm's not walking anymore. So they're bringing back the band, um, which probably isn't the worst bet. Like the band has been a top three team in the Metro for 13 years. So.
1: Yeah. You're at the point where if you're going to win, it's because of freakish performances by those guys are your best bets, or you're going to have to do a long-term rebuild and they have the pieces in place that a long-term rebuild doesn't make a ton of sense for a year or two. So you might as well bring the band back together.
0: Yep. Yeah, I was going to be really interested to see if what they would do, um, you know, if Malcolm did walk and how they spent that $9.5 million. I think this is probably the safest bet seeing how absurd the contracts ended that are. But like, I was kind of curious if like, they could get like a Dylan Strome and then another piece. I don't know who the other – or like Kadri was the name rumored to them. If Kadri would take take maybe a little bit more – but I don't think Kadri would take a discount now that I think about it because if he's going to take a discount, he might as well just stay with Colorado and do that, right? But um I don't know. Like I was just curious to see if they were going to be able to work that 9.5 elsewhere, but I think they probably thought they didn't. And so you know, get Malkin at – $3.4 million cheaper than he was over the past six years or whatever, which if he can stay healthy, I think he is still probably a very, very good center. I mean, it just kind of depends on his health.
1: Yeah. A hundred percent. They're at the point where they need a lot of things to go right for it to be successful. But if things do go right with Malkin, you can't question the upside still.
0: Yep. And then they also signed Jan Ruta uh, three years, $2.75 million. Um, I sure, I guess. I don't, I don't really have a strong opinion on this.
1: Contracts that get handed out every free agency. It's like, I doubt this is horrible, but why did you feel the need to do this?
0: Yeah, it's just like, this is the player you identified? Like, I, I guess so.
1: It's those ones that are like a slight tier up from variable. And it's like,
0: mm,
1: you probably just want to avoid that market altogether.
0: Yeah. And like, I don't know, like one of them. Th- Line, but I don't. know. It's probably yeah. you probably could have found that value, well, especially because it kind of sounds like they like might trade John Marino now. Which if Jan Ruta is costing you John Marino, that's probably an issue.
1: That's really unnecessary.
0: So, um, do we have any more T? Yes, we have uh, one more. Washington Capitals. Um, they oh they, they had one big move of note, and that would be signing Darcy Kemper to a five point two five. By five. Um, Kemper's already 32, but this is a deal. I honestly don't hate it for Washington. I think a lot of teams signing this, I'd be like, "Eh, that's pretty risky, but Kemper's been a really good goalie for the past like four years.
1: Yeah. The deal seemed a little desperate to me, but the Capitals are desperate, so that's probably okay.
0: Yeah. I can't remember who I saw tweet. Maybe it was Berkshire or someone, but they were like, I can't believe... Kemper only got 0.25 more per year than Campbell did on the same term, because like Campbell's horrid since December and basically had six months of good hockey. Yeah. Well, a little more than that. I guess he had like a year of good hockey, but Kemper has been like one of the better goalies obviously with the caveat of when healthy for literally like four years now, going back to Arizona.
1: He lit a lot of money on fire in the playoffs. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then
0: they also signed Charlie Lindgren to be the backup for three years, $1.1 million. I think that's right on variable if it goes wrong. So it's not the worst. I just I, I probably would have maybe wanted to see them target a bit better of a backup with Kemper as their starter, but this is kind of a team that needs Kemper to probably play at a 920 anyways, if they want to have a chance of upsetting anyone. So it probably doesn't matter if Kemper's out for long-term, they're they're probably screwed regardless.
1: Yeah, 100%. Their eggs are all in one basket.
0: And, like, I don't, even, I don't even think the Kemper move, for what it's worth, is going to make a legitimate difference. Like, this team kind of feels not cooked, but at best, they kind of just feel like a wildcard
1: team that probably isn't going anywhere for a couple of yep. years. So. Yeah, I'm trying to come eighth in the East or something.
0: All right, on to the West. Let's start with the Arizona Coyotes. Um, they obviously were on the other end of the Patrick Nemeth trade. I like that deal for them. Again, you, Nemeth sucks, but – you pick up a second and a th- or either two
1: seconds or a second and a third. Um, I was low key a lot to give up to dump two point five mil. He
0: has term left, doesn't
1: he? Yeah, two years, okay, okay, like this yeah. year and next.
0: And for whatever but reason, he seems. Every time I look at Arizona's cap friendly page, it is just so hilarious to me. They already have three seconds in twenty twenty four, four thirds, and then four seconds already in twenty twenty five so aggressive (laughs) but like
1: this is it's so smart too we talked about exactly how you should rebuild (laughs) rebuilds of nhl it's hilarious to see it actually happening in real life
0: theoretically they're going to want to be good by 2025 you can go use some of the second round picks to actually go get like players to help your roster then
1: yeah exactly there's no way they make all those picks and that's probably for the best but yeah i mean Um, they have a ton of ammo
0: On the free agent side, they didn't do a ton. They signed Nick Bukestad, one year, 900K. uh, Troy Stetcher, one year, 1.2. Just kind of guys to fill up the roster that they will very likely just be flipping
1: at the deadline, probably. Yep. Mm, That seems to be for the best. They know who they are.
0: I continue to enjoy what the Arizona Panthers are doing in this rebuild. All right. On to the Chicago Blackhawks, who have just completely torn it down. Obviously, we talked about their trades last time. And then they just let guys like the Brinkett and Kubelik walk, which is still insane to me. Uh, they turn around, sign Max Domi to a one-year, three million dollar, Athanasio one-year, three one-year, three million dollar. Colin Blackwell gets two years at one point two. The Athanasio Domi deals kind of again just seem like they're probably a little more than other teams would have paid them. They're gonna go up and play on the top line for Chicago while Chicago sucks. And if they play well enough, they'll probably get flipped at the deadline for a mid-round pick.
1: Yep. Yeah, they realize somebody actually has to play for them. Should work yeah. pretty well for the players, too. They can probably get on the power play, boost some of their counting stats in time to uh, hopefully cash out.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's a, a fine move on both sides. You know, like, I think this is obviously Chicago. You can't throw throwing like, 19-year-olds you just picked or whatever to the Wolves, so go throw Max Domi and Athanasi.
1: Exactly.
0: Um, the Colorado Avalanche, they signed a bunch of their own players uh, again. We missed the Natushkin signing. Eight years, 6.125. I was a little surprised. Eight years is what that cap hit was still. I thought it would be like 5.5 for eight years, maybe even five. Um, I don't love this deal as much as I thought I would. That being said, Natushkin is absolutely worth more than 6.125 million dollars right now and will probably be worth it for a couple of years for sure. So,
1: Yeah, I think I like it. We kind of talked about players who had a career year in a year where league wide scoring was way up being really concerning. Nachushkin on paper does seem to be one of those guys, but all his race stats were good in a lower role. So I think there's less risk there with some than some of the other ones.
0: Yeah, exactly. He's been a good
1: defensive player for for a number of years now too. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's had amazing play driving numbers for a while. So I'm more willing to buy that his last year was real. Even if let's be honest, he's. He won't be as good as last year, I'm sure, but that's okay. You don't need him to
0: be. Yep, exactly. They re-signed Darren Helm one year, 1.25. Uh, Charles Houdon, they signed one year, 750K. Arturi Lechning gets a five-year deal at $4.5 million. I like this deal. I'm, I am really like I'm, this deal. Yeah, me too. I'm assuming it was probably – it was a little higher of a capital than I was expecting, but they also got more UFA years than I was expecting. So I think that's probably why.
1: Yeah. Well, I should say I like the deal grading on a free agency curve.
0: Yeah. Um, and then Josh Manson, four years, $4.5 million. This is the one I didn't really like. Uh, they really kept the band together. And I I was really hoping that Saki was be smart enough. They don't need to do that. Um, but I just, it, it feels a little unnecessary to bring Josh Manson back at this price tag.
1: They gave him a no trade to only 12 teams, but it felt so unnecessary.
0: Yeah. So yeah. Um, they're bringing basically the same core minus cadre back next year, which that was one of the best teams we've ever seen. So I'd have no, and I guess camper, but um, I have no real reason to believe they'll be bad or anything like that next year. It's just a little disappointing. The other thing we didn't talk about, uh, Sackett is not the GM anymore.
1: Yeah, you that know, was weird. They kicked him upstairs.
0: Yeah, and so what it basically was, um, remember when uh, Gold Knights did this a couple of years ago with McPhee? Um, it sounds like the same thing where San Jose wanted to hire Chris McFarlane and they said you can't even interview him. So if you're going to do that, you basically have to promote him. General to promote manager. him. And obviously yeah. you're not firing Joe, Joe Sackett. So he goes to the president of hockey ops. Uh, I'm assuming not much has changed other than maybe who makes the call for some stuff, but I'm assuming if McFarlane was that sought after him and Sackett probably did a lot of the work together anyways. They probably saw eye to eye. Yeah. yeah. Or like worked. Yeah. Worked eye to eye where they had, Similar
1: um, say and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. I can't imagine Sackic was just overruling this guy left, right, and center if he's that uh, sought after. Exactly. Uh,
0: the Dallas Stars, they apparently are still in on Klingberg, which is be just kind of boring. That's happened a lot this summer. Where and this summer felt like the one. Like, like every year, it gets hyped up by insiders and stuff. Oh we're going to see a ton of movement, ton of movement. And then every year it kind of just falls flat because people just resign their guys before the day of, or like before the week of, or whatever this year, a bunch of guys actually made it. And then just kind of resigned with their team, like the day of, or before anyways, it's like, well, that is disappointing, but um, we'll see if that happens with Cleanberg. The stars, they stole Mason Marchment from the Carolina hurricanes at the last second, four years, $4.5 million. Um, a lot of money for a guy who's had one true breakout season, I would say
1: maybe two. If he's as good as he was last year, this is the best contract of the offseason. Um, he also might completely fall on his face.
0: It has just been one year. Uh, 47 points in 54 games last year. 10 and 33 with Florida the year before, um, after obviously being traded from the Maple Leafs. Um, great play driving numbers last year, too. But, yeah, like I – I don't know. I think this is a fine contract because even if he's not what he was last year, but he's just, uh, say he plays all 82 and he's a 45, 50 point winger who tries to play all right on your second or third line. Like
1: that's, that's good value for 4.5. Yeah, that could be fine. This just gives me vibes of like the way Florida has made so many careers mm-hmm. and the fact that Marchmont was a nobody before. This reminds me of like all the teams that talk themselves into the Patriots hitting
0: free agency kind of thing. And Florida like wasn't even remotely interested in trying to bring him back at this gap. it didn't seem like.
1: Yeah, it's it seemed like heuristically this is the kind of contract you don't want to sign, but Marchman's numbers were so good, might be good anyways. Also,
0: I think for Dallas it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if he sucks, it probably doesn't matter for this team because then they're kind of boned anyways. As weird as it sounds, like I know yeah, the, that's the true. team probably isn't that good. Like, that's probably a good sign the team isn't that great if Mason Marchment's the guy they're,
1: like, counting on, but. Yeah, because they don't really have a ton of depth up front.
0: No, and, like, I saw, I think it was David Pagnot, not on nota. He tweeted out, like, Dallas was been, has been looking for a top six winger for years. Now they got one. It's like, well, that's a bold assumption, I think, after one year, but.
1: Yeah. so Yeah, they might, but.
0: Um, That was the only really big move they made. But again, they might be a team we talk about in the next episode um, because they trade for someone or whatever. Uh, Minnesota Wild, uh, they're only, I mean, not shocking. They can't be spending money in free agency because they have no money to spend. Um, The only move that they made was the flipping Cam Talbot. Um, So they actually end up doing it. I don't mind this deal from Minnesota's perspective either. I think Gustafson, as I said, he's going to be – I think he's more of a 1B at most. He probably will be playing with this team, um, but Flurry, if Flurry's going to be your number one, Gustafson can give you 35 games if you need, hopefully, and he's much cheaper than Talbot as well and will be cheaper for a couple of years. So I don't really mind this deal for Minnesota either. And Gustafson has higher upside, in my opinion, than
1: Cam Talbot. Yeah, I completely agree. When you're paying two guys $13 million not to play for you and you have Flurry making $3.5 million, you kind of just got to put all your eggs in that basket and go cheap after that. That's exactly what they did.
0: Yep. Exactly. So uh, Nashville, they haven't done anything. We talked about Forsberg last week. Yeah. And, yeah. So they haven't done anything. We can just completely skip past them. St. Um, Louis
1: had a heater of a contract.
0: Yep. St. Louis is, uh, we, <laughs> we definitely get to talk about St. Louis. Uh, I don't think they made any trades though. Did they it was just the contract. Um, yeah, because we talked about the Billy huso trade last week. Um, they signed Robert Thomas though, eight years, eight point one two five million dollars.
1: Oh, you're thinking one, of the good contract?
0: Oh, are you? Oh, yes, they had another <laughs> Some year contract. one. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so they had two big contracts. Uh, Robert Thomas though, this was a contract I think a lot of people probably saw and went, "Wow, that seems like a lot of money." But he has been very, very quietly really good to start his career and. I have all the faith in the world he will earn this AAB.
1: Yep, Yeah, he'll yeah, probably be worse than he was last year. He's on a bit of a shooting heater, as was literally everyone around him. But, you know, six years from now, $8 million won't be that much money.
0: Ooh, breaking news. Max Petretti and Dylan Coghlan to Carolina from Vegas. Ooh interesting. So we'll have to Freeman just tweeted that 20 seconds ago, so we'll have to keep an eye if the return comes out before we're done recording, and that definitely updates the Carolina section of things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, that is massive news. We haven't got to Vegas yet, but uh, yeah, for Robert Thomas, I I think it's one of those things where they clearly see him as the future 1C of the team when O'Reilly starts to take a step back in I mean, honestly, it could be a year or 2 and not saying like O'Reilly's going to be bad right away or anything, but if you can get him, so he doesn't have to take every hard matchup, and Robert Thomas can start taking big matchups, that's great. Um,
1: yeah, and then uh, this is a bit of paying pain for future performance instead mm-hmm. of past too, because he's still so young, which is yep. really good process.
0: Yeah. So, uh, and then the not so great process signing a 31 year old lefty Nick Letty to a four by four as well. I don't know what it is. Last year was the three by three with guys like Derek Forbert and uh, who else did uh, who did Vancouver sign. Or was that
1: Forbert? I don't remember. Boston and Vancouver both had a heater at 3 by 3 Boston was Forbert, I think, because it was Mike Riley and Forbert.
0: Yeah, you're right. And then Vancouver was... Someone's screaming at their phone right now. Um, let me look it up. It was just a bad player, though. Uh, Tucker Pool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So they gave four years to apparently, but uh, this year's the four by four. Uh, Nick Letty, honestly, I can't believe Nick Letty was this young. He feels like he's like 38 years old, but he is like he's cooked. He's not good.
1: He's done. And if you want to say, oh, Detroit's on a good team, he sucked in his last year in New York, anyways.
0: Yeah. And like I'm pretty sure then he got flipped to the deadline
1: last year to St. Louis and still sucked. Yeah. Yeah, so, this, is not, uh, this was a great hockey player. This is no longer a great hockey player.
0: Yeah, exactly. So I don't know what you're doing hand 4 by-4 four out to this guy. Still slightly better than the Gabranson deal, but if that's your bar, you're already screwed. Yeah, yeah. So, um,
1: yeah, that's all I got
0: on St. Louis.
1: Do you have anything else? I don't think so. I think they're going to be in for a bit of a reckoning when that PDO comes down this year.
0: Yeah, I, I think so, too. I, they definitely look like it. Too. I mean, they do have a lot of shooting talent, to be fair, but.
1: Yeah, well, last year they had, like, the second best shooting season of the fancy stats era and still didn't even come particularly close to winning their own division.
0: Yeah, yes, I, I don't think, yeah, I think at best they're going to be a wild card team, and if they are, it's because the West sucks, so.
1: Yeah.
0: God, the Winnipeg Jets do nothing ever. They haven't made a trade since the trade deadline, and they signed David Rittich and Kevin Stenlin today. That is it.
1: Yeah, I've, everybody's like, oh, they're going to trade Wheeler. Those people forgot to account for the fact that uh, the Winnipeg Jets never do anything interesting.
0: Yeah, so don't need to talk about them either. We are now at about an hour and 15, I think, for the podcast. That's pretty good. We have one division left, and then obviously we'll see what if we get the details of that trade or not. Um, let's start with the Anaheim Ducks, though, in the Pacific Division as our final um, division to go through here. Uh, they had one big signing today—well, not big, but multi-million-dollar signing. That's Frank Petrano, three years, three point six five million dollars. Um, Seems a little unnecessary. Like this is yep. another one that kind of fits in that boat of who we're, were talking about at two point eight uh, Yanruta.
1: Yeah, like, this is a forward version of that. Like, it's yeah. not disastrous, but why are you in this market? Yeah, exactly. So, Toronto popped off with the Rangers at
0: 13 points in 22 games, and, like, I'm pretty sure 10 of those points have came in, like, a five-game stretch or something like that, uh, and then just hasn't really done anything else. So, uh, whatever. Like, it's not going to kill this team. They don't need the cap space right now anyways, and it's not like they're probably going to need it for a couple of years, but just a little little unnecessary, that's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a, not the end of the world, but I could think of a lot better ways to use nine, ten million dollars.
0: Yeah, holy sh! The Calgary Flames made a bunch of nothing signings. So they, the Calgary Flames, they obviously lose Goudreau. Um, Both sides had said it was a family decision, so Goudreau did just want to go home uh, to the states, closer where he lives, which has been rumored for like since he got drafted. Basically, it feels like
1: um yeah that's been being said. him to new jersey's been linked for like three years yeah
0: exactly so um they haven't done anything I, apparently that kind of tied them up going so late with him as well that they weren't really in on anyone else here's some of the names tell me stop if you want to talk about any of these guys that they've signed today kevin rooney two years 1.3 million dollars nicholas maloche Uh, 24 year old right the one year 950k Dennis Gilbert two years 760k Oscar Dansk one year 750k Clark Bishop one year 750k Trevor Lewis one year 800k Colton Pullman one year 750k and Nick DeSimone one two years 762k
1: I haven't even heard of multiple of those names
0: Yep, me either so that is awesome the Patraudi move is a f- or is happening. They're still winning on the return, though. Um, so we'll I assume
1: it's more of a cap dump than anything. You would have to guess.
0: Uh, Vegas gets future considerations from Carolina in return.
1: There so. it is, cap dump. Yeah, because yeah. Vegas. Is, oh no, is not off yet, but they are over the cap with ready so as a cap dump that makes sense. Ooh.
0: Nothing official yet, but sounds like Connor Brown might be heading from Ottawa to Washington, not Edmonton. That's interesting. That's um, interesting. All right, so we'll just keep going, and if I see anything, I will stop and we can talk about it. Uh, we'll get to and then obviously we can do the Vegas one when we get to Vegas. That works well, That so we're not there yet. Um, but yeah, Calgary hasn't done anything. They were in on Goudreau, um, and that kind of seemed to tie them up. I don't know if they will... Do anything much like I could see them maybe adding, trying to add a, a depth defenseman or so. They're under the floor right now, though.
1: Um, yeah, have, that's a little they, deceiving.
0: Yeah, they have yeah. Kachuk and uh, um, what's his name? Uh, Mangia Payne to sign or Mangia Pane.
1: and that's and that's probably a good 15 million. I would think, God, yeah, like you
0: would assume it's probably at least what. Nine
1: mil for Kachuk. He could even win. double digits. Yeah, with, if they go long term, I would think it'll absolutely be. Uh,
0: and I bet you Mengeapane
1: gets like five. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He seems like yeah, I would sign like 5.5 or something like that.
0: Yeah. So, and then they have uh, Killington as well, but I don't, or Shillington. I don't think he'll cost a fortune, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I wouldn't think so um but yeah so they'll definitely have some moves i could go see them adding like
1: a depth or like a
0: one of those defensemen that kind of gets passed over in the first wave or whatever i don't know who that would be
1: necessarily yet but yeah that's not necessarily a bad place to be shopping anyways
0: yeah hurricanes also signing andre kasha to a one-year deal 1.5 million dollars so the hurricanes are doing some moves as we're recording here
1: that kasha is a good
0: contract yep and i think any team i mean like it's scary because he's like one concussion away from just like Never playing again, seemingly.
1: Yeah, which is but. too bad for him, but it's a bet on a talented player. Yeah, exactly. So um,
0: let's keep going here. Who is next? Calgary, the Edmonton Oilers. Nice. So I thought they were going to get Connor Brown. That was what the rumors were all day, and it does not sound like it, but they have still had a very busy free agent day. Um Evander Kane, they signed last night. I'm guessing what happened here is Evander Kane thought he was going to be able to get six, seven years term from someone, went to the market last night to go see what initial offers were and realized four by 5.125 is probably all he was getting offered. So he may as well stay and play with
1: McDavid. Yeah, which makes sense from his perspective. I was listening to Sportsnet today and I got so mad at the analysis. (laughs) They were talking about how Jack Campbell's such a great person, and that makes the signing so much better. And then the way they talk about Ivan kane they're like, "Oh, good hockey signing." There's some off ice issues, but it's okay. It's like, you kind of can't have that both ways, people.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely not. um I think I probably wouldn't have gone four years is definitely the max. Anyone? The other thing is too, like, they're they're. Could still be a ruling from the league that Sam, the contract San Jose terminated isn't actually official, and he would just have to beat San Jose again?
1: Which would be amazing. God, <laughs> It'd that'd be, be funny. So funny. Um, I, I was listening to Puck Soup. Apparently, that's not done yet because the arbitrator was on vacation. <laughs> yes, <so> that's <laughs> what I heard too. But <laughs> that's have, amazing. That's the most NHL thing in the world. This is a multi billion this is a multi-billion dollar league one dude on vacation. Yeah. Yes, that's everything sure, yeah. Up. Um, I was, But yeah. So I'm surprised season. by the Kane contract though. I thought it'd be worse.
0: Me too. Um, I think that it, it's clear the teams are a little worried about, or a lot worried about, you know, his off ice issues
1: though. As they should be.
0: Cause like, honestly, $5 million for four years for, if he brings what he brought, even 80% of what he brought to this team last year, that's worth it from an on ice perspective.
1: Yeah, and he's good at the most expensive thing, which is scoring goals. Plus, yeah. had like an amazing playoff. So like everything in his profile fits a guy that would get grossly over. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, Jack Campbell, five by five, kind of the desperation contract we thought they were gonna hand out. Um, I it's it's fine. Like they're so committed to this team, they kind of have to do whatever they can to just win now, and it's clear Ken Holland does not give a shit about three years from now, so it's...
1: yeah, it's I saw a good comment. It's probably not the end of the world, but I saw a tweet complimenting Dubas basically being like, that deal is probably going to age horribly, and handing out that contract for short-term pain that will suck in the long run is usually the kind of things that desperate GMs do, and it's impressive that he avoided the five-year term
0: yeah, well, yes exactly so that's the thing it's like it's pretty it's probably a good sign if you're Toronto that even if Dubas because he's theoretically got to be on the hot seat right now that he's still not just mortgaging the future like Ken Holland is in Edmonton Yeah. so um, in terms of Edmonton like they're so committed now I think you have like you couldn't go in with Mike Smith and someone equally as shit so at least you have someone who looked good for half a year And even let's be honest, he, I think the past couple of days, he maybe got a little overrated by least Twitter because they were like Murray seems like such a doomsday option. But I think he also was maybe a little underrated at times as well. When people go, he was one of the worst goalies since December. Yes. But he had a two month stretch where he was bad. So he had one of the
1: best before
0: that. (laughs) I would say he had a three and a half month stretch where he was one of the best goalies, a two month stretch where he was like the worst. And then a Three and a half month stretch, which include playoffs where he was just very, very average. So, on the total, you get an average
1: goaltender. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking, which for $5 million, at least for the next year or two, it's pretty fair.
0: Yep, exactly. So, and then they're Brett Kulak, four years, $2.75 million. I like this deal. Um, I like Kulak's a good, good defenseman. I he's not like great or anything, but like that. He was a guy I kind of thought if he was going to be moving, I would have been okay with Ottawa trying to take a look at him, but um, obviously stays put and helps a blue line
1: that needs a lot of help. So, Yeah, this is a fine enough deal. I don't love it, but it's so cheap. It's kind of hard to hate, too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Like, Kulak's the kind of guy you really love when your team gets him for 900 k on your third pair or whatever.
0: Yes, yeah, that's very true.
1: But like he it's might even still have to play up the lineup just, just to help these guys survive at times. I don't know. He probably will, and Campbell will appreciate him. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: Um, L.A. Kings. They haven't done too much. They signed Alex Edler, re-signed Alex Edler, one year, seven hundred and fifty K, and then has another seven fifty in uh, bonus incentives. I like this deal a lot. Um, this is this is the kind of veteran deal you should be okay with signing, where it's like. You get the league men, and then if you play well,
1: you'll get actually more. And it's not yep. aggressively it's more. It's perfect. Though. It's win-win. If he's good, uh, they're happy. Worst-case scenario, it's cheap enough that you don't really care.
0: Yep, exactly. So they signed Brendan Lemieux, uh, one year, $1.35 million. <laughs> and, um, and that is about it. Phoenix Copley, one year, 825 k I'd imagine he'll just be their third goalie. Yeah, so, I would think so.
1: That's
0: um, but yeah, they haven't done a ton either today, which isn't surprising because they did a lot of the bulk um, leading up to it, obviously with the Fiala
1: move and stuff like that. Yeah. And they don't really have cap space anymore because of all that, which makes sense. Yeah. Um, all right. San Jose Sharks. Yeah.
0: Um, they signed Oscar Lindblom, so that's that's who he went to. Two years, two point five million dollars. Um, so he gets bought out of. it. I think there's a three million dollar contract and gets two point five, which kind of tells you probably most of what you need to know about Philly buying him out. I think, if you ask me. But yeah, and then Nico Sturm, uh, three years, two million dollars. Fine, kind of unnecessary. I, San Jose is just such a mad team. And then obviously Brent Burns, um, love the Brent Burns deal for them to get out of that contract. Even if you have to eat, I think it's um, $2 million. Not ideal, but like it's better than paying him eight until he's 40 or whatever.
1: That's huge. And Burns was kind of mad last year outside of the power play. There's a good chance the final two years, those Burns deals, people are looking and being like, this guy's unplayable off a third pair. So even if you're eating two mil, you're more than happy to be moved on from that. Yeah.
0: And I've got good news for the the San Jose Sharks. They have another defenseman that play the power play.
1: Yeah. I think that one guy who's historically been mediocre at it, at least. He's been all right sometimes, but. Yeah. The power play so, probably better, not just feeding into him to shoot over and over.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. They were playing two defensemen the whole time because unless one of them were injured, which happened enough.
1: But yeah. but yeah, and like even more police coming out.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like he's gonna be a secondary option. Oh my god, Carlson was bad in 2021. In the bubble season I should say. He was good again last Oh, time. yeah, yeah. He, he was like quietly good. Like I mean, still bad defensively. He Carlson now is kind of looking like what everyone thought he was in Ottawa. Yeah, Still putting up really good offensive, like driving play offensively really nice, but can't play a lick of defense to save his life.
1: Yeah, which, yeah, he's 32. Probably see that one coming.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Let's keep going to Seattle, who made one big move, I would say. I mean, they, they signed Shane Wright, which is good. Um, but then Andre Barakoski is their big free agent signing. Five years, $5.5 million. That seems about right what you would expect for a Burkowski deal. I think that'll probably look not awesome by the end of it, but not like so atrocious that you have to like move off of it or anything.
1: Yeah, this was another deal I thought was pretty realistic.
0: Yeah, that's a world. good way to
1: put it. It was, you know, you're probably going to hate it in the final year. Probably going to like it right now. And uh, fair enough. I think it's also a little bet. Burkowski's like per sixty numbers have been really really good, so maybe Let's he's kind of still bet Seattle the should be
0: taking, right? Like they don't—they're clearly not going to be good for this year or next. Yep,
1: yeah. he's just and uh, he's a good player to insulate. Like, if Shane Wright needs a winger to score or whatever, like that, he could be great for that.
0: Well, and and that's the thing, right? So they have Wright and Maddie Beniers coming up probably.
1: Yeah, and when one needed- of them will need that winger.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Like both of them should have, you want to, and obviously they've got guys like Yanni Gord, like they're not like, don't like they have, it's not like they have no talent on their team, but the more better players you can add, the better sooner you're going to get. So.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So now you can run like those wingers with some, or those two centermen with some mix of Burkoski, James Schwartz, uh, Jordan Everly, Yanni Gord, um, maybe Jared McCann. Like you actually have at least like fine NHL players to go help them. Now, Every single player I just mentioned there makes five million dollars or more. That's probably not ideal, but
1: um, they still have a, f-
0: a ton of space. Yes, that will be a future them that problem. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Um. All right. The then, cap won't um, be an issue until guys like right Veneers get paid, which is exactly. So and then by
0: that point, you only have like one or two years left on most of those deals, anyways.
1: Which is yeah. good for them. So Everly's really gone, Wenberg's gone, and you could probably move on from whatever else you have to at that point.
0: The Vancouver Canucks. Um, So, obviously, we talked about them. They signed Curtis Lazar, three years, $1 million. Um, This is one where I saw a bunch of people, too, and, like, in our group chat as well, people were laughing at it. It's beyond, like, it's under, like, I, I actually think more teams should try and see if, like, fourth liners like this would take more years in term to cut the cap hit even from, like, 1.8 to 1.
1: Yeah, I agree. Get it under variable.
0: Yep. And And then you're good. Yeah, like so I again, I, I and like those are like quietly actually good. He's really cut out a niche for himself as like a fourth line player who's responsible defensively. So, yep. Um their big thing, though, is Elia Mikheyev gets four years, 4.75 per. Uh, this was more than I thought he was getting. to yeah, I thought four by four was going to be a little aggressive for Mikheyev. 4.75, like he's a good player. But they are really betting that if they give him more time up the lineup, he's going to produce like
1: he did last year. Yeah. If you get last year's Mikheyev, this is more than fine. Not that he was bad in the years before that, but you definitely don't want to be paying him 4.75 if you're getting 2020 Mikheyev.
0: Yeah, one, this is like purely an eye test thing, but it kind of feels like like last year, everything seemed to go more right for him, like on breakaways and stuff. Whereas, and obviously you want a guy who creates breakaways, but like It kind of feels like he shoots at the goalie sometimes. He's a painful shooter to watch. He reminds me of like Mikael Grabner in that way.
1: Yep, yeah, I can see that. Good on the penalty kill too. That's a a very good player for him.
0: So like very useful player, but um, I don't know, four point seven five for Vancouver's.
1: It's enough, that's for sure. Um, So yeah, it's defensible, but I don't love it. Yeah,
0: that's a good way to put it.
1: Um,
0: all right, Vegas Golden Knights. they I was about to say they have done nothing. We don't need to talk about them, but obviously they just made that trade. Uh, Dylan Coughlin and Matt Petrietti to Carolina for nothing. Um, it was a neat, like this is kind of the blowback of signing every single player that you want in free agency, you know?
1: Yep, one of uh, one of Michael or Pedrangelo's deal made this happen, and if you're the Golden Knights, you're probably comfortable with that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, and like Pat Reddy hasn't been healthy; like he was not healthy at all last year. Still very effective when healthy: 19 goals, 18 assists, 37 points in 39 games. But uh, and then even two years ago, he missed I think it was about 10 games as well: 51 points in 48 games. So still a very effective player when healthy, but. Health is, you know, a bit of a question mark as well. Um, so they're still, no, never mind. Uh, Patcherati's not off for them on cap friendly yet either. So they they are under the cap now after this deal.
1: Yeah, which I've heard
0: is important. Yeah, it's um, it's useful, I think, uh, for sure. Um, and then Dylan Conklin, uh, the defenseman going back as well. Uh, I don't think that is, like, that's not really a loss. He's
1: just kind of meh. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend to have heard of him. Which is
0: why this David uh, Pagnotta tweet is so funny to me. Uh, he tweets, Hurricanes aren't messing around today. Today they've added Brent Burns, Max Pacioretty, Andre Kasha, Lane Pedersen, and Dylan Coglin. They still have $5.5 million in cap space remaining. Brent Burns is probably a net negative. Uh, Lane Pedersen and Dylan Coughlin are nothing. And Kasha's a fine bet, but he's always injured. And Max Pacioretty is coming off a, game, a season where he had 38 games played. So, like... That list gets a lot less impressive when you look through it a little bit.
1: Yeah. The, the name value is certainly there, but it, yeah, it gets sketchy really quick.
0: Yeah. Um, and like, and like, granted, I, I think the Patch and Kashi bets are both good, but...
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if you have space, I want the Patch bet, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Like, that's just... Uh, but the, the thing is... Um, hyping it up as if they've just gone and made a like, franchise-altering move. That kind
1: of seems a little overrated. Yeah, seeing Burns, if they give him power play time, is going to be a treat. On a yeah. Historically, not amazing power play getting a guy who might be a black hole there. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, that's all the teams then. Uh, Ottawa did trade Connor Brown to Washington for a second-round pick in
1: 2024. I God put, damn, um, that's good for Ottawa. I, I'm
0: like, yeah, that's kind of what I like. Connor Brown has a ton of
1: value around the league.
0: And I don't understand why. Like he's a good player, nice guy, and everything like that. Like, he's a third line winger. Who can yeah, play second line on like a rebuilding team? But on a good team, he's a third
1: line winger. At least we're getting bounced in the first round with him on their fourth line. Like he's a yeah, third line or fourth line, right winger on a good team. He's a,
0: and like I bet a lot of money they'll take that 2024 second and or at least they'll either use that or another pick and probably flip it for a defenseman. Um so that's my prediction for next podcast. Um but yeah, I, I like that deal for Ottawa. And again, it's another deal for like that at least is add some more forward depth to Washington, which they desperately do need. So yeah,
1: that part's definitely true. Just kind of um, funny, this guy's become redundant in Toronto and Ottawa, and you're like, Yeah, well, like, I think
0: know. Ottawa, the biggest reason was they just don't think they're going to be able to pay him what his extension is going to be next summer. Yeah, which That's is why they want to get out of Mark. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, absolutely. Because like, well, even like when he signed the two-year 3.6 or whatever it was, that seems like a lot. Or three years. It was three years three point six. It was right at the beginning of the rebuild. But I thought, uh, oh, it's fine, like they'll be just about the end of the rebuild when they want to flip. And that's exactly what seems to be happening. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, like I think I, I bet you some team will give him like five by five next summer.
1: Yeah. It'll be gross.
0: Yeah. So
1: um,
0: that's our free agency recap. I think we got it done in about an hour and a half. So not too bad timing. Um, obviously if anything breaks after six, 12 tonight, we won't have it, but uh, we we'll, I'm sure we'll have lots to talk about next week when we uh, return. Um, thank you everyone so much for listening. As always, you can find my stuff at last word on uh, We got so much content out there. So go check it out. Uh, cover just basically every trade. And there's going to be a, a bunch of analysis coming out over the next couple of days. Uh, you can also listen to my other podcast, the last word on Sens podcast. I finally got a, an episode out uh, talking about the Sens move over the past couple of weeks. And I'll have another one out later this week, probably as well. Recapping free agency, find all chases work at uh actionnetwork.com chase on twitter at cmhockey66 myself on twitter at nhl sends and stuff thank you everyone so much for listening and we will talk to you all next week